0: Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do wanna caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, welcome to Grindhouse Girls Podcast, episode three, three, episode Woo! three. Yay, I'm Katie. And I'm Brittany. Nice to meet you guys. Uh, so uh, how are you doing, Brittany? Doing Okay.
1: I know you just told me you woke up at 8 and fell back asleep, went to sleep till 11. That was exactly my day, and I thought that was so funny, because I got up woke both the dogs, and
0: somehow, I don't know what it was. I was just tired today, so. I stayed up a few nights editing some videos, and then I've been on this weird nocturnal schedule, so it's been, it's been weird, so I don't know what to do. It's like I can't, I'm, I'm. I can't wait till work reopens, but also I'm a little bit dreading. I'm like, am I even going to be able to wake up at 830 anymore? Or wake up before 830 anymore?
1: Yeah, Uh, and I'm having, my job is still open. So it's like I'm still on an 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. schedule five days a week. But uh, I think right now the pollen is so bad where we are that I have a hard time sleeping at night. I'll fall asleep by um, wake just gets so like everything's so congested and miserable i think
0: that's another reason why i keep getting like headaches because uh i have really bad allergies and sinuses but anyways uh enough about that i guess we're gonna talk about the vavitch it's spelled the witch i have always called it the vavitch because it looks it sounds funny yeah um uh, it's even
1: that way too, like you see it stylized in the opening credits. And I love um, how it also is like the bitch, a New England folktale. I think yeah, it's like the
0: actual. The time. I don't mm-hmm. know why I didn't notice it the first time, but it's a uh, Roger. I'm sorry, Roger Robert Robert Eggers. E G G E R S Robert Eggers' first movie or first uh, big movie. He also did The Lighthouse this last year, which I still haven't gotten to see, but from everything I've heard, it's apparently amazing, and apparently Willem Dafoe got uh, robbed of an Oscar. Um, I wouldn't say this movie, I I wasn't mad that this movie wasn't nominated for Oscars, although everybody had solid performances, Um, but basically it's about a Puritan family, and the dad of the family, you see this at the very beginning, so it's not really spoilers, he disagrees with some kind of theolog They never really go into what he disagrees with specifically. But he's theologically different than everybody else in their little community. And it's in the 16... It's in 1630. So Puritan times in New England. And he... Uh, basically they get exiled from their community. So they start their own little farm. Um, and they're isolated from everybody else. They're, pro- they're like two days of a trip from everybody else. And then their youngest child disappears and uh, everybody starts blaming the oldest daughter who was watching him, um, who's kind of the main character. And uh, it, it just kind of, everybody gets really paranoid and blames everybody. And it's very upfront at the beginning. There is a witch. There is a real witch. (laughs) And uh, it's just kind of uh, a family falling apart which is really sad but um I really liked it did you like it Brittany
1: oh god yes I love this so this was one of those movies that when it came out in 2015 um me and Katie obviously are both film fans so I don't know if you got this experience but I heard people talking about it and it's one of those movies that was very split um the main source of I think why a lot of people didn't like it is because they found the language hard to understand because they do talk in the, I think it's the accent accent at the time. So it's very historically accurate in how they talk. And sometimes if you're not really paying attention, you can be like, what? What did I miss? But we saw this in theaters and it was a hell of an experience to see a movie like this in theaters. And I from the first time I saw it, I knew I loved it. So long story short, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I... I like the language. There's a lot of attention to detail. They use natural lighting, which is cool. Um, so everything looks realistic. Um, everybody, even the little children actors, they're really good. Like, except for honestly, the only person who was kind of eh was the middle child, Caleb. He was kind of like watching it a second time. I was like, uh, he wasn't as believable as the oldest the parents and thomason and the there's two twins uh mercy um, and jonas
1: there was a scene i really really liked with him and um i when we officially get into spoiler territory i'll discuss that because there was a scene i thought he was very strong in so i do thought for later <laughs> yeah
0: there's like maybe there's a couple i don't know i just felt like he was uncomfortable talking the way they had to talk whereas everybody else seemed really natural and I, I mean, I'm not really, he's a kid, like, the it's a child actor, I can't really blame him. Uh, but it's kind of like when people do Shakespeare, and they don't really know what they're saying. When they say it, yeah. I kind of felt like some of his lines, he didn't really know what he was saying. And everybody else kind of was fine. It was only and I didn't even notice it the first time I watched it. It was only I watched it again today. And I was like, Oh, like, I don't know, it kind of took me out of it. But basically, there's five wait one two three four five five main characters no
1: six there's six, six main. and then characters. i was thinking i was thinking you were about to say there's five children
0: and i'm like oh yeah initially so oh yeah no there's like six main characters there's thomason who's the oldest daughter william who's the father catherine who's the mother caleb who's like the second oldest child He's a boy and then Mercy and Jonas that are twins. And they do have a baby Samuel who disappears. So, Thomason, the main character is Anya Taylor-Joy, who was in Split. She was the girl in Split. And she's Emma in the new Emma movie that, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, got kind of snubbed. Like, it, we're releasing it, I think, the week that the pandemic hit the States. So, I think you can watch it, like, on demand now. Which they've been doing that with a lot of movies that were had theatrical releases. They've been, like, um, releasing them on Amazon Prime through Amazon Prime. I think you still have to pay for them, but still. look like, that's cool. I haven't watched it yet. And then Thoroughbreds, which I haven't watched yet, but I really wanted to watch. And then both the mom, who's played by Katie Dickey, and the dad, who's played by Ralph Innocent. Uh, they were both in Game of Thrones, but they weren't in scenes mm-hmm. together. Kate Dickey plays... Uh, uh, Catelyn Stark's sister, Lysa. Lys- yeah, yeah, Lysa Aaron. She's she's a crazy bitch in that show, and she's she is a lot more sympathetic in this movie. But she she all everyone kind of goes crazy at some point, and she's there's I don't until we go into spoilers, I won't say anything. But she, there's a scene that is very reminiscent of something that she does in Game of Thrones. And I was like, I guess she's just okay, okay. I guess this is just her lot in life now. Um, And then Ralph Innocent, he he was in Game of Thrones, and he was in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, but in Chernobyl, but I saw him in this great TV show. It's an Amazon Prime original series called Absentia, and it stars the main lady from Castle, and she's really good. It's about, like, an FBI agent who goes... She disappears and is declared... Dead by absentia because she's been missing when she's looking for a serial killer. And then she comes back and her family's like moved on and it's like real awkward, but then she's trying to catch the serial killer she was trying to catch before. It's a very good show. It plays with like uh what you remember and what you don't. And then there's Kayla, who's played by Harvey Scrimshaw, which has been in some movies, but He's like the middle child. And then Mercy and Jonas are played by Ellie Granger and Lucas Sawson, which I don't think they've been in a lot of stuff, but they were very tiny children and they did a really good job, honestly. And basically, yeah, I would say definitely recommend it. Um, but I guess let's go into spoiler territory because uh, this movie is kind of hard to talk about without saying spoilers because there's a lot of really weird stuff and you should just go see yeah. it It's on Netflix right now. Yes, it is. So it is available to
1: stream, which is really, really nice. And me and Katie, um, when we specifically are putting these together, we're trying to make sure that we um, touch upon movies that are easily accessible right now, too.
0: So I really like this movie. Personally, I don't like the ending uh, because, I mean, I'll get into it more, but I, I like it. But I think a lot of people like the ending and I don't i kind of was very disappointed in the main character at the end um but before we get to the end i'll talk about that later but i liked how real it was and i liked how the characters were very realistic because they are very religious and i used to say this uh Brittany, i i think this was the class i was in with our friend peter who he kept me from like being bored out of my mind in this class but it was theater history and we had to study the Puritans for a really long time and I hate I hate studying the Puritans I think they're boring like they didn't wear any color and they're really boring and they like ended up killing people in the witches trials and I just don't like things with Puritans I get real bored real easily with them but this wasn't boring because they made them actually seem like people like they were very religious a little a little overly religious but at the same time they weren't like crazy about it like they weren't like crazy zealous they weren't like uh like the people right now who are on youtube telling you t- that they're going to pray the coronavirus out of you i'm like yeah. yeah no like that's no they were at least realistic and i like the the dad's probably my second favorite character next to the main character because he like he doesn't want like everybody thinks there's a witch that takes the baby so, Thomason's playing with the baby. His name's Samuel, and she's playing peekaboo, and she hides her eyes and she comes back, and the baby's gone in like a second, and she's like, "What the hell?" And they can't find the baby, and the mom's distraught. And because she was watching him, the mom and everybody kind of like is suspicious, like it's your fault. I don't think at first they don't really think she hurt him. she just they just think it's her fault because she was watching him. And then slowly, like, Caleb goes into the woods and disappears while she's with him. She, like, gets knocked unconscious and he disappears. And then he shows back up and he is is not in good shape. So, like, her mom, who hasn't been sleeping since the baby disappeared, is very suspicious of her. And her little sister says, oh, the Witch of the Woods took Sam. And she kind of, she does that thing where, like, when your little siblings won't leave you alone, you try to scare them away. So she's like, no, 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 I'm the Witch of the Woods. Leave me the F alone. Don't tell mom or dad. And uh, it's kind of, it's very realistic sibling stuff. And uh, so the little, the brother and sister are like, oh, you are a witch. And then the mom kind of believes it more than the dad. But the dad doesn't really want to believe it but there's a lot of evidence against her so if he tells the community uh to you know what happened they're gonna come after her so i don't know he seemed like he didn't really want anything to happen to his family and he was the one that had faith in her which so i liked him the best after after the lead girl thomas and the main actress does a really good job
1: i think he feels kind of guilty too because there's a whole um like story line too where he took his wife's silver cup that was an heirloom from her father yeah. obviously his family came from england um too so you know it's like the possessions they have especially probably heirlooms are very precious to him and he took the cup while his wife's knowing he sold it for hunting supplies and very early on in the movie she blames thomason for misplacing the cup and so the just kind of let her takes to fall at first it isn't until later in the movie that he like, it was me it was me. And um, so there's even like that where it's like, I'll be honest, I don't really feel like there's anyone in this movie that's very good. Like, I can see where you're coming from with William, where there is kind of like that sense that he does want to protect his family, But at the same time, he also towards that. And, you know, he mentions the whole reason they're in this situation is because of his pride. So. Yeah, but he admits yeah.
0: it. I think that's why I like them better the second time. Because mm-hmm. I was re-watching, and I was like, you know, I mean, this is very real. I think they're trying their best to be good people. And uh, again, I don't really like Puritans, but they are trying to be good people. And I like the fact that he he sticks up for her. And I was I, the first few times he lies to his wife about the silver cup. And then also She's been crying all night about the baby. He takes Caleb, the oldest son, the second oldest child, to the woods to try to hunt. And he tells Caleb about the silver cup. And they come back empty handed. And the mom gets really upset because after the baby disappears, she doesn't want anybody going into the woods. And so she's really mad that Caleb went to the woods. And then he tries to protect his parents' relationship by lying to his mom and being like, Well, you know, we went in to go find something for you. I thought I saw an apple tree, and I went to go find some apples for you. Um, And then the mom's like, oh, okay, sweetie. So, like, they do all lie about that, but then when Caleb goes missing, they all start confessing and going, like, I'm so sorry I lied. So, I mean, they do, like, you know. Yeah confess it to each other, even if they are liars. I mean, and I think that's very realistic. They actually own up to it. So I think if they had kept lying throughout the whole movie, I would not be forgiving of them. But because they actually confess, I was like, and the the mom goes a little bit overboard with the suspicion of the daughter. Um, but the dad tries, I mean he really does try to believe her. But I mean it's kind of like one of those things, if, if you've ever seen, like, parents of serial killers or, you know, it's hard to believe that your kid's actually done something bad. So, I mean, but when the evidence is presented to you, it's kind of hard. And it is, like, the witches and the, and, well, okay, and and who, I don't know if Black, Black Philip is their goat. It it. <laughs> and I don't know if he's supposed to actually be Satan or if he's just supposed yeah. to be a devil. Um, Because (laughs) they say you can take everything, but anyways, he's a goat, but he's also Satan, which was really weird. But it's like, they're framing her for everything. That's why I don't like the witches, and I don't like Black Phillip. They're awful, because they frame her for everything. They're terrible. And that's why I hate the ending, because she gives into it. And I was like, I am so disappointed in you, because... (laughs) Oh, no, 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 Oh, let me finish, because, okay, so this whole movie, her little brother goes missing, her other brother uh, gets lost in the woods, and a witch seduces him, because he's, like, 13, so he's, like, a horny little 13-year-old boy, and there's this, like, witch with tits, and he's, like, ooh, I don't, like, I don't know, you know, and uh, she lures him, and then she cuts him open, and then he comes back, and, like, he dies from his wounds, eventually, And then her two little siblings are calling her a witch. So, like, her family's, like, telling her she's a witch. And she's like, I'm not a witch. I'm not a witch. I'm not a witch. And meanwhile, the goat ends up killing all of her family and forcing her to kill her mom. And then she's just like, okay, I guess I'm going to be a witch now. And I was like, why? You don't have to be a witch now. You don't have to do what that man tells you to do. Like, she's like, I'm just going to go and be a witch now. Even though they killed babies and they killed, like, children. I don't even know what happens to the twins because they just disappear and turn into straw. Which uh, is weird. Okay. So I just was disappointed in we the ending. About the twins I was
1: disappointed
0: in her because I was rooting for her. But I do like that it's a different ending. It's not that I, I don't. At least he made a choice. At least Robert Eggers made a choice in what the ending was going to be. So I do like that part of it. I just I'm disappointed in the character.
1: What what I'm gonna touch upon first. What I'm gonna touch upon first is the twins because I'm so glad you brought that up. Because as we know, um, and we are officially in spoiler territory. Yeah. I think we said that. Baby Sam getting yeah, yeah, no, but it's referring to what happens to the twins. So um you see where she uses the baby's fat to make her ointment for her broomstick. And you see all the witches at the end. So the twins were killed for their fat to use for the flying ointment for the broomsticks of all the witches you see uh, Thomas and Whip at the end of the movie. So we do know the fate of the twins even if it's just not explicitly stated. I mean, I do know. Yeah.
0: Also their clothes were filled with straw which I didn't notice until the second time I watched it. The dad comes out and she, all the goats are dead because apparently the witches yeah. came in and killed the sheep. And, uh, <laughs> and then, except for Black Philip, because he's their leader. Um, and he's like, What happened? And she's like crying and she's got her sibling's clothing and it's like, it's like a straw man, like, like the scarecrow. Like it's, and I was like, What? I don't, I don't understand. Or were they never there? Maybe they were taken a long time ago and they were like, little evil children but i don't think so because of how they act but
1: i think the children were accidentally it kind of reminded me i know the exorcist makes you really uncomfortable but in a way it kind of reminded me of the exorcist because you know if you're familiar with it reagan the lead character who is possessed by by a devil um she accidentally lets him ouija board She's very innocent, yeah. and I feel like this is what was happening with Mercy and Jonas is that they were this very is why innocent.
0: I'm not to have a Ouija board, by the way, is the movie The Exorcist. My mom no would not like should, to have a Ouija board in the house. No one should play with a Ouija board.
1: And one of my friends originally was like, We have a Ouija board, do you want to play? I was like, No, 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 uh-huh. I'm not the dumb white person you see in a scary movie. No, I know, um, but I do. Did. I didn't think Mercy and Jonas were cohorting. But it wasn't because they are evil. They were just talking to Black Phillip. And I think they were coherent to kind of believe in Black Phillip was a friend. But I do believe watching this movie the third time, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, this whole time, he was kind of
0: able to manipulate the family, starting with the youngest ones of the family. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just – they don't understand. It's kind of like – I just rewatched Fatal Attraction the other night for, like, the 87th time. Love that movie. It's a great movie. Um, But I was watching Fatal Attraction, and there's that whole – sequence where they're you know if you haven't seen fatal attraction it's about a woman who stalks a married man that has an affair with her and Mm -hmm. it's really good you should totally see it amazing amazing performances by everybody in that movie but basically they she at some point kidnaps the daughter but she does it in a way where the daughter doesn't even realize anything's wrong like she just goes because she's a kid and she thought I'm sure she, they don't ever say what she said, but I'm sure people thought, I'm sure the little girl was like, oh, my parents sent her to pick me up. And they, like, go to the the carnival or something, like Coney Island or something. And uh, it's kind of like that. I was like, oh, yeah, like, little kids will believe anything. And they're like, yeah, probably six or seven. It's hard because they're dressed like little adults. So it's hard to tell exactly yeah. what age they are. I mean, I would probably max their ages out at, like, eight, maybe. So not, not super wary of the world yet, so. And I like yeah. that they did, like, explore some real life stuff. Like, the little boy, he's not completely a perv, but, like, he's, like, hitting puberty. So, like, he looks at his, his sister, like, he and his sister sleep in the same room, because when you have a two-room house, that's what happens. And, like, it's, like, he, like, looks down her shirt at some point, and she's, like, what the hell's going on with you? And, like, but, the, I mean, it never gets it never gets incestual, but it's just, you know, I guess yeah. if you're isolated with your family and you hit puberty, things might get a little weird because you don't have other people to interact with, which must be real yeah. awkward. Like, I can't it, it, think it's Duggers, me, yeah. like, they're all isolated and they're just like, let's look at each other. Sorry, Duggar family. Allegedly. No offense taken. No offense meant. Sorry. About, yeah. But I'm just like. I think about like isolated families, and I'm like, that must be real awkward if you have. Yeah, he's just very
1: curious too. I think he's curious. At the same time, you know, this is, we are talking about a very Puritan family. So he's naturally curious about her body, but at the same time, he realizes it's completely sinful. So he has like this incredible guilt going on for even looking at her. I feel.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, and that is. We talk about guilt a lot in this movie. Yes, very much. So I did want to touch
1: back on the ending because I think me and you have very different conflicting views, which I actually love. So the great thing about film is that you're come across, um, you're going to talk to people that may take different things from the movie, or maybe Katie took away the same thing I did, but she just reacted to it differently. Um, so what I really, really love about, (laughs) yes, we will see. Well, I will, this movie is very early on so when you see the opening scene that katie said about it's like their father the family is essentially banished from their little puritan community because there's disagreement ideology we don't really know well thomason is the last one to leave the court and when they're leaving the, the the commune she's the last one looking out so you already kind of have a feeling that thomason is in disagreement with her family about this situation but there's really nothing she can do she's kind of forced to go along with them because that's what you did your family came first um, so it's very interesting because you see a scene very on, early on in the movie where she vocalizes out loud all of her sins she's like you know I haven't been listening to my parents I'm not I'm not saying my prayers daily but please shower me with your forgiveness is something essentially like that it was interesting that she very much vocalized it. Because I kind of wondered if that gave the devil essentially like a gateway to being like, okay, hmm, interesting. Um, But Thomason also says a lot of things during the movie that I actually didn't catch until my third time watching this. I also want to just stress out there, if you guys are turning on to this movie and you're struggling with language, turn on the subtitles. Because I'm actually hard of hearing. And turning on the subtitles kind of made it a lot easier for me to
0: understand, to to hear things I wasn't normally hearing. But Thompson mentions um, these and thous. It's a lot of these and thous and uh, old English. It's kind of Shakespearean, but honestly, it makes more sense than Shakespeare does because Shakespeare talks backwards, like Yoda. Yeah. So, but it is subtitles. <laughs> I think I'm not even hard of hearing, and I totally watched it with subtitles the first time. I watch a yeah. lot of subtitles just because I don't want to miss anything. But yeah, by the exactly. way, you're. Frozen, I don't know if we want to pause or uh, not, because right now, let me try to just do, let's see. Let me turn video off and then turn it back on and see if that fixes it. Maybe. No. Do you want to turn the video off and then turn it back on and see if it fixes it on your end? Yeah. Yeah. it might okay yeah that fixes it okay cool go ahead with your point i just i wanted to tell you before you got too into it so i was like oh no oh i appreciate that but um
1: rewatching it again it's like thomason there's a lot of little throwaway lines that i do feel like help with the conclusion so she mentions apples and she's like oh i haven't seen apples since we've been in england and she mentions the glass windows in their house in england and caleb like does not remember she's like don't you remember like you know flower their dog they're like she's he's laying in the windows you know and he's like no i don't remember so there's this idea that's already kind of accumulating that uh thomason feels sinful she feels disconnected from her family and she does long for pretty things like she longs for apples and she longs for windows and so by the end of this movie there's a whole lot of shit that goes down and uh what I feel like it came down to is that we are talking about puritanical times. So, Thomason's whole family is dead. She had a choice. Either she could go with Satan and live this deliciously, which she, you know, she mentions delicious things um, during the movie, Glass, Wind, Apples. Or she would go back to the village and be killed, which is what would happen. Because they would assume she was a witch. Her whole family was dead. They probably burned her. If they didn't burn her, they would hang her. Like, there just was not options for thomason so in that way she was able to liberate herself yeah like she made a deal with the devil do i think that's right no but do i think that it was making a deal with the devil who was offering her a way out or being killed for something she didn't do her choices were very limited so i do understand why the movie ended the way it did
0: yeah but i guess it just makes me hate the witches and black philip even more because i'm like you just fucked her over completely fucked her over and then also like I was watching the second time and this is more lighthearted but I was like that's gonna be a really awkward conversation when she meets all the people that murdered her siblings because she did really care about her siblings like even if she was and I mean she cared about her parents too I'm like I just don't know I was like I was okay with it until she started smiling and they all started flying and then I was just like honey no this is gonna be she's gonna wake up in 15 years and be really upset with herself She's not a bad person. And that's why, like, yeah. I find it ironic that, oh, by the, the the Church of Satan, which is a real thing, uh, apparently really likes this movie. And I was like, why? It makes you look like terrible people. You killed babies. But, I mean, it does. She does have a choice. Kind of. She does and she doesn't. That, I mean, it just kind of takes her choices away from her, which is upsetting from a movie. Because I would prefer it if she actually had a choice. But she really doesn't have a choice. So it's kind yeah. of, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I hate her. I'm just disappointed in the ending. Because I thought it was kind of shitty. But, you know, again, he made a choice. And that's fine. And I'm a little bit more, I, I want to give everybody a second chance in the world. So I want to believe that someone would have believed her. But probably they wouldn't. So, you know. And typical Skype conversation. We got disconnected and uh, lost track of what we were talking about. And here's where we come back to the conversation on the name of the dog. I don't know what I was talking
1: about. The
0: dog's name. Fowler. Oh, Fowler. Fowler. Yes. Fowler. Because there's this, there's this song. It's a church song that I really like. Be not afraid. And there's a line that says the snare of the fowler will fowler will never capture you and i don't know it's one of those like throwaway lines that never really made any sense to me but fowler the dog gets snared by like the woods and then caleb gets caught in the snare of the witch and i thought that was really cool and i don't know for sure maybe he did it on purpose maybe it was just an accident i'm pretty sure he did it on purpose because he's a pretty purposeful director um but i really liked that i was like oh that's that was clever. And nothing clever about the horse, unfortunately. I don't know what happened to the horse. The horse just disappears. I yeah. assume it went back to the village. Because um, it probably remembered where the village was. But it was weird because the horse never came back and the dog dies. Sa- spoilers, sorry, the dog dies. It's really sad. I hate when the dogs die. Yes. In movies. I remember watching. <laughs> I watched the first time I watched uh, I Am Legend. Spoilers, oh, yeah. Legend. Uh, I asked one of my really nice friends, Richie, uh, is the dog going to die? Because I don't want to watch this movie if the dog dies. And he, I don't even know if he'd seen it yet. He was like, no, okay, the dog's not going to die. And I was like, okay, I'm good with us watching it. And then the dog died. And I just remember like pointing at Richie from across from room. Like, you lied to me. It was like that meme of the little, the girl and the cat. And he was just like, he was like, sorry, we were drinking. So it was fine. Yeah. But I was... I, I don't like when dogs die in movies. It okay. Upsets me deeply. Since, you,
1: since you brought up I Am Legend, so um, that's another one I saw in the theaters. I was probably like, uh, I want to say like fourteen, fifteen, when that movie came out. Um, but I saw a bunch of friends, and the dog is named Samantha. And our family dog that I grew up with that was hit by a car when I was 13 was named Samantha. So I was oh, losing no. my damn mind. Doing that. Yes. So no. it was oh, super awful. awful. Yeah.
0: Oh no, that's really sad. I'm sorry. No, oh, it's it
1: it's, it's like it's it's funny being a dog lover because she's she's been gone for 17 years now, but I still cry over her. So
0: oh, of course I know. Sometimes I'm like I miss my dog Daisy that I used, that our golden retriever I grew up with. I miss her. I'm like I miss Daisy because yeah. like I don't know. Your first pet is always more of your favorite thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. I liked that all of their lies came back to haunt them. Like, the little boy tells everybody, tells the mom that, oh, I was going to go look for apple trees for you. And then he ends up, like, spitting up an apple Yeah, he's dying. I was like, oh. And then uh, they have this thing where this was really good attention to detail. So there's the language and everything. And I didn't know this until I looked it up on IMDb. And I kind of thought I had heard of it because, of course... If you've ever read *The Crucible* or seen any of the productions of *The Crucible*, uh, it's about the witch trials in uh, Puritan England, and um, specifically *The Crucible*. I think is the Salem witch trials, but this one was echoed a lot of that because um, the little twins, when Caleb's dying, the parents and Thomas and start praying uh, the Our Father, the Lord's prayer, and apparently it was a test. You're a witch. If you couldn't finish the Lord's Prayer, you were a witch. So the little kids say they forget their prayer, and I don't know. Like some of it, the first time I watched it, I was like, they're being a bunch of little shits because they weren't. I, you know, because we've all had like little siblings who were just like, I'm gonna pretend that this is happening because I want attention. I was that child. It's fine. So I thought it was interesting. I couldn't tell. Like, are the children just faking it because they want attention, or Is it really happening? Because honestly, like, yes, there's a witch that kills a baby in the beginning of this movie and really disgustingly pounds the... Oh, it's gross. Yeah. Uh, It's really nasty and really awful. But, like, I was like, but you could be a witch and there's not real magic. So it keeps it very believable and very grounded until the goat starts talking to everybody. And the goat is... But they don't make the goat's mouth move or anything. Which I appreciated. Yeah. Shall we I will
1: say that.
0: And I just missed that last part. I'm
1: so sorry. It like froze for just a minute. So oh, you I said, said don't start
0: the goat starts. The goat. It's it's very realistic. Until the goat starts talking to Thomason, But you know. Uh, it, it would look really silly. I'm glad they didn't make the mouth move. Because it looks really silly. When the mouth moves. Um, and I thought it was interesting that. The only person that the GOAT, Black Philip actually kills themselves, everybody else, somebody else kills for him, is the father because he's the most rational person in the family next to Thomason. He's like, and he actually is going to fight back, but then he decides to sacrifice himself for his family, or at least he thinks he's sacrificing himself for his daughter and his wife, who are still there. And then the wife goes crazy and Thomason ends up having to kill her just to protect herself. So that was really yeah. sad. I yeah. felt really bad. Because I didn't really hate the mom. The first time I watched it I hated her. The second time I was like. One she hasn't gotten any sleep. They say like very clearly she hasn't gotten any sleep. Since her uh, baby disappeared. Then. So th- Caleb the other child dies. And she has a vision. In the middle of the night like a nightmare. That Caleb and Sam are there and so she thinks she's feeding Sam like nursing Sam and talking to Caleb but really there's like a crow like eating her boob and it's really real gross and it reminded me a lot of Game of Thrones too because in Game of Thrones she breastfeeds her like 12 year old son and uh it was a fake boob at least for Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. thank god but still it's pretty disturbing uh both scenes are equally disturbing if you've ever seen game of thrones that was one of the more unsettling scenes i was like oh that's gross i'm sorry like nursing your baby is one thing nursing your 12 year old son is like nope yeah that's a whole lot of note for me dog
1: i am uh, i'm glad you brought the scene with caleb and samuel and kind of like the almost nightmare that she- She is experiencing because my third time watching it, I caught that like so you know, you're obviously as the viewer you have a feeling like something's wrong with the scene because both of those children are dead at this point. But the way Caleb talks is the speech pattern is very reminiscent of what Black Philip talks like at the end. So you know for sure that is Satan. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and I didn't catch this until the second time, but he asks her to sign a book which is the whole thing mm-hmm. about if you want to become a witch, you got to sign Satan's book, which also if you've ever seen the new adventures of Sabrina, like the new version of Sabrina, the teenage witch, they do a whole thing with signing the book and stuff, which I haven't finished it. I've watched the first season and half of the second season. It's it's good though. It's like Riverdale, but less stupid, but still stupid, but less stupid. Um, but I was, you know, he actually asked the mom to sign a book. So I guess originally they were trying to get both of them, maybe. Yeah. And then they figured out that she wasn't going to fall for it. So they just decided to kill her or have Thomasin kill her. I don't know. It's really sad. It's kind of culty. It, it, I guess you could take, uh, which I didn't really think about until just now, but it is very cult-like uh, to, you know, isolate someone from everybody they love uh that's i mean most cults don't actually kill people because uh that would be really suspicious but a lot of cults will uh keep you away from the people that love you so and convince you that they don't love you and therefore they're the only ones that care about you and that's why you're okay joining a cult um so a lot of a lot of places do that and so I was like, oh, it's very culty. Maybe that's why I don't like Black Blackbub. I just don't mm. like, I, maybe I don't think you're supposed to like him. Uh, but I just felt really bad for her because like she really, she didn't really have a choice. Yeah. And the family was in a desperate situation because, and again, like I say watch this movie twice because there was a lot of stuff I didn't catch until I watched it the second time. And the dad says the crops are rotting. And then like the goats, she goes to milk a goat and it's bleeding instead of milk and it's gross. And I was like, so obviously, and the moms something like, oh, we've cursed this land or something because of his uh, theological differences and because they got exiled. And so it's like, are they cursed? They might be. Like, at first I was like, ah, it's just a coincidence. I was like, oh, maybe they are cursed in the logic of the movie. It's definitely it's like a, a puritanical nightmare,
1: feel like you know i'm kind of of going on with this movie but one of the things i think about is like with the events going on in this movie for that family you must they must feel like this is god coming down upon them yeah and i think that's terrifying so in the terms of like this family this is their worst nightmare unfolding in front of them too
0: yeah well it's kind of i don't know and again it's almost like proving God's real by proving the devil's real, but it really I guess maybe that's what made me mad about her choosing to stay with them because I was like, but you could choose the sun ends up like, I think the sun went to heaven if we're I mean, if you're not religious, don't worry about it. Like I'm just saying in the in the uh what am I trying to say? In the reality of the movie, if Satan's real, God's real, right? Okay. A lot of people. So there has to be God and there has to be Satan if they're both yeah. real. So the son uh, starts singing Bible verses and gets really happy when he dies. That was the one scene that I was fine with. That and the scene but, where he lied to his mom were the were the ones that I believed that actor. But I was like, okay, I think he might. If if anyone went to heaven in this family, I think Caleb did because he seemed happy when he died. But you I, know, I could be. But
1: I love. I love that you brought that up because that is the one scene I really wanted to touch upon because I love the way the child actor is because there is a, so the scene that Katie is talking about is kind of like the centerpiece of the film. It's like kind of what everything culminates to um, and it's really almost kind of like in the middle of the movie, I feel like too. And so Caleb like has this religious fever where he, you know, is first screaming like she's, she's clawing at me, my innards and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets, To this almost orgasmic um, description, what he is, his body is, and the way he's talking, because he's talking about kissing God. I think there's something like, my mouth is filled with your kisses, something like that. And there's two ways. So when I first watched that scene, I felt the same way you did. I was like, you know, like, if, if his soul's saved, because at the very end, like, you're like, he's dead, but his soul's saved, because he's talking about his love for God. But the second time I watch it, I'm like, is he talking about his love for God, or is this like a mockery of God too? It's very interesting because you don't, don't really know.
0: There's such an ambiguity yeah. around that. You could take it either way, and yeah. I think I think the the director has said yes. Everything technically takes place, but you can take a figurative meaning to this movie too. So I think. I don't think the director would be upset if people were like, yeah, that happened or yeah, this happened. So, and he wrote and directed the movie too. So another written and directed by movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're proving me wrong with being competent, <laughs> but none of them are in their own movies. So I think that's a big part of it. Uh But yeah, I, yeah, I, you can, maybe I just need a little bit of hope there, but you can yeah. take it however you want to take it. You can take it as, I mean, honestly, you could probably take it figuratively like that. Nobody really flies; it's all just a vision. Everyone's tripping on acid because I don't know. I don't know how into uh, the Salem witch trials everybody is, but I I got a little into it at some point about researching it, and then I had a biology teacher who brought up the fact we were talking about psychedelic mushrooms. And how you shouldn't just eat random mushrooms. Uh. And uh, he was like. We were talking about rusts. Which is a kind of fungi. And apparently. They figured out that the bread supply. In Salem, Massachusetts. Around the time of the Salem witch trials. Was uh, full of rusts. Which can be used to make psychedelics. So. Oh yeah, you're back. So, uh. I always heard about how the fact that probably all the Puritans during the Salem witch trials were tripping balls and that's probably why they thought they saw people flying and shit so I mean you could take it as that or you could take it as uh really happening I think they're okay with either way but technically it's supposed to be you're supposed to take it all as fact but I think I don't you know movies are there to be interpretive it's entertainment you can interpret it as much as you want um but yeah I thought thought that was really good I did like you know that you can like either one and yeah I think this was a really good first movie um everybody it was very believable it is I mean it's really depressing doesn't have a happy ending but I'd rather have an unhappy ending than no ending at all because there's nothing I can't stand more (sighs) then, like, just not having an ambiguous ending bothers me so much. Like, I need some kind of... Like, you don't tell a story if you don't have an ending. Yeah. You need a start, you need an ending, and you need a middle. And I, I used to get really pissy in, <laughs> in playwriting class. Like, we used to do, like... There was, like, a playwriting class, or play analysis, I think, was the actual class that I was in. And everyone thought... I was being like a baby because I didn't like, I can't even remember what play it was, but it was a mo- It was a play where there was like no ending and it was really depressing. And you go through all this depressing shit, but there's no ending. And I was like, well, this is a terrible play because I need an ending. And they're like, you just want a happy ending. I'm like, no, I don't care if it's a sad ending or happy ending, make a damn choice. If you're going to go through making a play or making a movie or making anything, a TV show, have an ending i hate it when nobody has the ending plan you have to have an ending planned, or else what are you working for to tell this story so i i like that robert eggers did actually have an ending even if i don't agree with the ending and it doesn't make me happy i like that there's an ending and at least he made a choice so i still really like this movie uh so and i think it's totally worth watching but it is it's really like deep it's really dark and I think that's the yeah. natural lighting yeah. and also there's not a lot of music but the music they do use is like a bunch of women just like going ah it's really creepy like it's very dissident chords and uh I it's very creepy it's very uh very like Stanley kubrick where like it's just like people screaming and like uh kind of like the the howling at the um the Overlook Hotel, I got those vibes from it, because I was like, ooh, like, Ugh. it's really gross. Um, but it's a good movie, and uh, I like that it's old-fashioned, but they actually paid attention. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Lizzie Borden movie with Christina Ricci as Lizzie Borden. I heard about I it, haven't I can't remember if it was Oxygen or Lifetime, but it came on Netflix or something, and me and my friend Elizabeth Hi, Elizabeth, if you're listening. Uh, me and my friend Elizabeth, who, who was my, my horror movie buddy in college? We used to watch a bunch of horror movies together, but we were we watched it at some point and we were just like, this is like they had like like country rap music, like that genre of music where it's like country music, but then they're rapping and it, it does it's not good. And then they had like uh, like nobody talked like it was that time period. And it was just like, it was just like people playing dress up. It was kind of like Westworld, like the actual like park. It was like, nobody talks like that. No one talked like that back then. Uh, But I like how it kind of brings you into that time period. A lot like the Nightingale that we already discussed, where like you actually feel like you're in that situation and about as realistically as possible. And the people seem like real people. They all have their faults. And they all seem like actual human beings. Yes, Except for, you yes. know, the, the possessed goat. You know, he's a goat.
1: <laughs> I will say the first time I saw the witch in theaters um, and Black Phillip talked, I was like, I think everyone collectively was like, like, because you weren't yeah. expecting it. No, I yeah. didn't
0: expect it the first time. I was like, that's where me and my boyfriend and I were watching it. And we like turned on the movie. We're like, no, that's what what the no but the second time i watched it because you know what's coming you're like oh it's he like i guess he possessed the goat to become to keep an eye on her so yeah i don't know it makes me even a, more afraid of isolation too so my uh well uh, yeah whenever i'm like in an isolated situation i'm like yep locking all the doors and no goats please thank you Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. I uh, I think we touched upon this when we were talking about Nightingale too, and um we were discussing how um the which would be our next one. Um David Eggers did graduate I think with like his degree in theater and I think that's like I'm very appreciative of that because because I really think that's why he such has such great attention to, to detail. I feel like study theater and put there. way Looked like during this time, or what was historically accurate. And I think this really helped him make this movie. So I'm just like, it's really nice to see people with theater backgrounds making movies too. I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely. And it can be good and bad. Um, there's another director. Well, what is his name? I can't remember the director's name. But if you have ever seen the movie The Reanimator, yeah. Oh, like the
1: one that's based on H.P. Lovecraft.
0: Yeah, he's also a um, I'm looking up it because I didn't look this up before, but he's also a theater person. He used to do a lot of Stuart Gordon. He did a lot of theater um, way back when, and you can really that's I love the Reanimator. It's great. It's very funny, but it's also horrific. Yeah, uh, I I definitely thought it was a much different vibe because I watched. I don't know about anybody else, but 100 Bravo's 100 scariest movie moments. That TV show got me to watch a lot of horror movies. It it came on every single Halloween. And Reanimators on that list. And it's this really gross scene. But uh, it's actually a really funny movie. Like, it's really enjoyable. There's a lot of gore, but it's pretty fakey gore. Like, it's very silly gore. It's kind of like Evil Dead 2 where it's funny. It's not really scary. So, like, I don't know. I really I highly recommend Reanimator. We can do Reanimator. I, I love it. I haven't seen the second one though, I'm afraid to. But so that director was based in theater. So you can tell because a lot of the a lot of the performances are a little like kind of loud and a little exaggerated, but it works for that kind of a movie. But he actually ended up making it into a staged musical, and he's the one that directed it. And he started out doing uh theater like avant-garde theater in the 60s like uh we used to talk about this in theater history classes i can't even remember what it was called now but it's like it's like shock value theater where they would like drown you in blood and shit so it makes a lot more sense when you see reanimated you're like oh yes but that you know i think people that start out in theater generally are better actors because when you i don't i don't know actors and directors but you have to experience what your audience is experiencing in theater and it's not like like when you film something i'm always like weirded out when i film myself doing something i'm like i don't know how to tell if i'm doing a good job or a bad job like i know how i feel about it but if you're not if you're not a good actor you probably won't know the difference but if you've at least acted in front of people you know what hits and what doesn't as far as dramatic and comedic work and same thing with directing you know what hits an audience and what doesn't um and sometimes you can misgive it but I think the better actors start in theater because you actually have to act in front of people not just behind a camera and you generally tend to have better instincts but I mean I'm sure there's I'm sure there's people that don't have that experience and are still good movie actors but i don't really notice it i feel like every time i'm like oh it's a really good actor like a good actor not just like oh they're a good in this movie but everything i see them in is good i usually look it up and be like oh yeah they have a theater degree i'm like good yeah. awesome because it just i mean that's why theater is not dead yeah. yet too is because there's something really cool about a live experience and there's some things that just don't translate well into movies like yeah. cats the musical not, I don't like Cats the Musical. <laughs> I really am. I'm planning on doing just a YouTube video of me just talking about it. Because I hate it so much. Um, But I've just never liked that musical to begin with. But it is fun to see everybody dance in that musical. Like it's yeah. cool. Like They have this giant set where everybody looks like they're the size of a cat. And everybody's got cool makeup on. And the dancing's really good. It's way more sexual than I thought it was. Because watching it as an adult, I'm like... Rum Tum Tugger is like gyrating and then all the lady cats like they they make their fur paint so it accentuates their boobs and then because everybody's in spandex because it's all dancers and then like the one that really got me was my boyfriend my boyfriend loves the musical cats, or at least he doesn't really like it as much as he used to but it was like one of his favorite musicals and he, he used to wear a Cats t-shirt to rehearsal and to class in college. And I was like, I don't know if I can still date you. But obviously, it was fine because we're still together. But I was like, what do you mean you like the musical Cats? And at some point, I found Cats on VHS at the local thrift store. The, and I gave it to him as kind of a joke present. And then we ended up watching it. And I had to drink like an entire bottle of sake to get through it because I don't like that musical. It, I, it weirds me out. It's weird. And I don't even... It's the, I don't think it's that I'm allergic to cats. I think it's just weird. But his favorite character is Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. Whose song is really good. That is a really good song. Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. You're like, Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. It's a good song. It, it bops. It's great. But his dick is out. Like, you can clearly see Skimble Shanks' dick. Like like flopping about like he didn't wear a dance belt which is what you usually wear when you dance it's like little like a little speedo like girls wear bras men wear little speedos because it's uncomfortable to have your boobs or your member like flopping about when you're dancing I don't know if he just forgot his the day of filming but that man, in the original, like, cast recording, London cast one that they filmed, I think, in the late 90s, it's just, like, flopping about. And I was like, oh, no, why does Shanks have a penis? I don't need to see this. So, I don't like Cats, but uh, I do want to see the movie because I wasn't going to pay to go see it. But I might have to rent it because it's a terrible, oh, the movie looks terrible. But it, it's fun to see it live because you can appreciate all the dancing. But it's just not something, it's like, it's not a, it doesn't have a plot. So, yeah. like, things like that don't translate well to movies. And uh, here's where Katie got a little sidetracked and decided to talk about musicals for a while. And then we started talking about Harry Potter and the and the Golden Compass series. So, uh, going back to the Vavitch. And I think that brings us back to this movie, where he really stuck with his guns on... You know, who's going to be, like, well, is this going to be a dark one? Am I going to pussyfoot around? No, he, uh, everyone dies except for Thomason, and then she becomes a witch. And this is all real, and it's very sad, but he's stuck with his ending, and I think he was like, okay, if you get offended, I don't really care. But I don't think a lot of people were super offended by this movie. I think most people were just like, I, I mean, I mostly just heard people either loved it or they just thought it was really, really dark but it's not boring like you know i mean it is really dark i feel like if you don't like the only people that wouldn't like this movie are just people that don't like horror movies at all usually because you know not everybody likes horror movies i was telling Brittany, i told my grandma what we were doing she's like what are you doing and i was like oh i'm filming a podcast about horror movies or mostly you know because that's kind of where we're starting at but we're we're not we're not adverse to talking about other things other than horror movies but uh, she was like, oh, do you think anyone will want to listen to that? And I was like, I hope so. And then she was like, oh, I just don't like horror movies. And I was like, that's okay. And some people just don't like them. Some people can't separate the movie from reality, and it bothers them. And I think there are movies like that where I feel that way, too. It's too real, and I it really does upset me. But most of the time, maybe it's because I've done theater and done movies and studied it a lot. I can tell when something's like fake and so i can like in my head be like like the nightingale. I'm like it's just a doll that they're smashing against the door it's not yeah. a real baby yeah. you know yeah. and it doesn't offend me as much because i know it's not real and i think some people like have this kind of sense of like well even if you just represent something in a movie just to represent this bad thing means it's bad and i'm like ah, no i don't feel that way it's like people that like i had a a friend in high school and we did a bunch of together and he was like yeah like i would never play a character that wasn't exactly like me and my ideals and like a christian and stuff and i was just like where's the That's fun well. in that i don't want to play oh, myself my... i want to play somebody else i don't know like and i mean you have to find you have to find a source of familiarity with your character like you have to find at least one thing that you agree with with your character or else you're not gonna be able to play them very well but and, like i played and... the. The Baker's Wife and in Into the Woods, which was my favorite part ever. Love that part, and I, she does a lot of shit that I would never do in my real life. But she does it for you know what she thinks is the best for her family, and I can relate to that. And she's very protective, and like I don't, I relate to that character. But she does some shit in there that I would never do, and I think is completely reprehensible. But I can see where she's coming from, which is like this character in Thomason. I'm very disappointed that she had to choose to hang out with people now that are, like, murderers. But, you know, I can understand where she's coming from because it's a different time period. And, yeah, she probably didn't have a choice. Uh, So I don't love the ending. It makes me sad. But I agree that it's probably her only choice at this time period.
1: Yes. yes.
0: And she probably just really wants a family again because they're all dead now. And um,
1: um, I, it's interesting you touched upon why a lot of people don't like my, my car. My mom doesn't like uh, horror movies. And the main reason is she goes, there's so much scariness in the world. I don't want to have to watch it on uh, in a yeah. movie. Like, my mom likes movies. Um, but what I will say for people who do love horror, I think we see metaphors in these movies. And most of these movies, now, there is just some very base slasher flicks where it's sex and violence. But a lot of these movies like The Witch or like The Nightingale or like Heredity, they're definitely trying to say things. They aren't just scary or disturbing to be scary and disturbing. There's something, there's a message to these films.
0: Yeah, I, I think, excuse me, sorry, not yawning because I'm tired, yawning for I don't know why. But I, I think <laughs> I don't really like movies that don't have anything to say. Like, I will laugh at them. Like, I will watch uh, Friday the 13th or Halloween and I will laugh hysterically at, not, not so much Halloween, but Friday the 13th is kind of goofy. I'll laugh at how goofy they are. and But I, I'm like, they don't have any substance. It's only the ones with substance that I really like to watch. And that's the only ones that I really want to watch more than one time. And I think that's kind of where we're trying to get. Because a lot of horror movies get ignored by mainstream media. And they're like, oh yeah, like we don't really want to talk about Hereditary. Even though... It's a masterful movie. It's so good. Um, And the acting's amazing. They should have gotten a bunch of acting awards. But uh, it's a scary movie. It's spoopy. So we don't want to, you know, no spoopy movies. Which baffles me because The Exorcist won Academy Awards. And a bunch of horror movies have won Academy Awards. I don't understand. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture, I'm pretty sure. And I think it bothered was, me. Big,
1: yeah, I think Silence of the was the big five. I think it was director, pitcher, screenplay, actor, actress, and supporting actor. So, I mean, that, it killed it. But I don't think we see another scary movie kill it like that at the Academy Awards since then.
0: But anyways, uh, when you've worked, at, not, I haven't worked in, I don't want to be like, I've worked in the industry. That's not what I'm saying. But when you've worked with other, if you've worked in semi-professional theater or even community theater, uh, and especially educational theater you see the kinds of people that are involved in the arts and some people are really cool and just want to entertain and put on a good show and some people are just full of shit and there's a lot of people like that in the industry and I guess I'm a little I'm a little uh, jaded about it and so I see like when p- other people are like oh this movie was so cute and I really liked it I'm like Yeah, they're not doing that for the artistic sense. They're doing that because they know people will go see it. Like, all the Disney remakes. They're not doing it because they're bringing a new side to the story. Because if they were, I'd be totally in for it. But they're just doing it because they know people will go watch it because of nostalgia. And that's how I felt about Eminem performing at the Oscars. I was like, this is just nostalgia bait. I don't like this. But at the same time, Parasite won all these awards. And Parasite is just a damn good movie. So Parasite, I was Parasite, really excited. For
1: that. Yes,
0: but the only thing that
1: frustrates me with that is that I was watching this list, and it was actually like the ten movies that came out in the two thousands that are being remade. And there's movies that I'm like, there is nothing wrong with this movie. Why is it being remade? Just for example, Your Name, which is an incredible anime film. Um, just oh, incredible. Yeah. My husband, my husband doesn't even like anime. He loved this movie. Um, but they're remaking that.
0: The story
1: is the story is very traditional Japanese. I think part of the charm of the story is that it's set in Japan and deals with a lot of uh, Japanese like folklore, or not necessarily folklore, but just like mythology behind things. Um, but I think they're making remaking it for our American audience.
0: Why? It's like Tokyo Ghoul, it's- not Tokyo Ghoul, uh, Ghost in the Shell. I've watched a couple episodes of Ghost the original. I don't understand why Scarlett Johansson played her, and I don't—I don't know if they were trying to whitewash it so much as they just needed a big name. But I was like, why sit in in like America when it's a Japanese show? Like, I just don't get it. Oh, I don't get it. You.
1: The thing is, supposedly, I haven't seen the
0: Ghost in the Shell uh, American remake,
1: because I I love the original animated movie so much, but I heard there was some controversy, of course, about Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian woman, but then they tried to make it in the movie. It was something about, like, oh, like, she was a Japanese woman originally, but then she got remodeled. There was some kind of controversy where they tried to smooth it over, but it just made people even
0: more pissed, so. Here's the thing, like, trying to smooth it over always makes it worse. Yeah, like just like just own it. Just like be like Robert Eggers, own your ending, and nobody will have anything to say about it. So yeah, I don't understand remaking things that are that young. I don't think you really have to make American versions of Japanese or Korean movies anymore. It's like the yeah. uh, the Old Boy, the American Old Boy, is awful compared to the original one. And I don't think I think Old Boy is a really great action movie. It's you know I don't think it's amazing like it's not like oscar worthy but it's got some really powerful moments in it the korean version the original version is really good and they remade it and they remade it like all silly and just really like they just they didn't respect it and they didn't bring anything new to the table i think you could remake a movie and bring something new to the table you know but it really i'm trying to think of something they did change, like, a
1: minor detail in the American remake of Oh Boy, but I feel like it was more for shock value, and I don't, oh, I don't that. appreciate thing. yeah, I don't appreciate the shock value thing, like, it's like,
0: so, I mean, the original, about, wait, I was there. like, okay, I might blurt, I might blip this out, but, like, the part where it's not, that part? Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. Y'all don't see the remake of Old Boy. See the original Korean version. Uh, I think it's on yeah. Shutter, uh, still. So I would. Def- I'm trying to think of a remake though that was better than the original. There's not um, a whole. <sighs>
1: you know what? It may be controversial to say, but a remake that I like as much as the original. I love The Ring. I love Ringu, and I love The Ring. They were both. I feel like for American oh. remake, it was
0: actually very solid. I was trying to find a list of movie remakes and it just keeps telling me that the Final Fantasy remake remake's coming out tomorrow and I'm like, cool. Okay, wait, wait, okay. There's one. The 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 thing. The thing from the 80s. That
1: movie. John Carpenter's
0: remake. John Carpenter. Yeah. yeah John Carpenter's The oh, cool. thing is a remake. Oh yeah, because so, the
1: one was based on like a 1930s novel, right?
0: It was uh, a movie. There's in, in Halloween, the movie, uh while they're carving pumpkins, the original Halloween, they're watching The Thing. Oh, wow. Like the original movie. It was like a 30s or 40s movie. Or 50s. It was in the 50s. I'm sorry. It was a 50s like sci-fi movie. The Thing is a remake that's better, I think, than the original. Because um, it brings a lot more heart and plot. So, I mean, you can make a remake. But I just feel like if you don't have a new interpretation of it, why make it? Right? But I guess I guess we should wrap up. Uh, uh, such a good movie totally if you want something creepy and puritanical totally recommend what's your rating for it Brittany
1: oh god let me think um, A for a puritanical nightmare
0: <laughs> I was gonna say uh, N for just a bunch of naked people around a fire flying
1: there we go <sighs> N for
0: naked <laughs> And for Naked Puritanical Nightmare, that's a will name it. And for Naked Puritanical Nightmare, which is how I'm, by the way, that's how I'm gonna start uh naming our episodes, is what we're rating them at least on the uh on the website.
1: So no, I didn't want to tell you, Katie, just because um I, I had made a little post about like if anyone has any movies that you know, what movies yeah. would you like to see more? From that? And uh, we did have our first request, our two requests. Um, our friend, Jonathan, uh, did uh, say, what about Birdman or Magnolia? So, what was the second one? Which, uh, the second Birdman one? or
0: Magnolia? Oh, you know, I haven't seen either. And I meant to see both oh, of them. I, I would love- honestly, I'd rather see Birdman because I'm a huge Michael uh his last name, oh, Michael Keaton. Keaton. yeah, I'm a huge Michael Keaton stan. I, I love Michael Keaton, I think he's amazing. He's, he's the best Batman, in my opinion. Sorry, <laughs> is it controversial still? But I effing love Michael Keaton. Um, yeah, so you want to watch? I mean, let's see, is Birdman available to stream? But uh, yeah, I'd say let's try to watch Birdman
1: okay, like do something
0: for- not horror movie take a little break from horror movies and then uh we can watch another movie uh so yeah if you have any suggestions for what you want us to watch uh we would love it we now officially have three recordings so we should be able to release these at least on youtube um also like i would love to see like hey what kind of podcast channels do you listen to like what should we put our podcast out on because i know the ones i use but i don't know what everybody uses i think you know we got spotify and apple Podcasts, which i don't use apple Podcasts because i'm not an apple person but um if you see us give us a like subscribe let us know what you want to watch let us know if you watch the witch what you thought of it did you hate it did you love it
1: is Uh, there anything that we missed from it that you wished we had touched based upon let us know yes
0: and I think if we get enough responses, we'll start answering questions to, um, in our, uh, podcast on our in our podcast, we'll start answering questions on our podcast. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's gonna wrap up our Vavich, uh, talk, and then we'll be back to talk about Birdman, Birdman. which I'm really excited because I it's been on my list, but it's been one of those things that I've meant to watch for years and just didn't watch it when it was in theaters. Oh. Like. I can't wait. Anyways, okay, so we're gonna watch uh, Birdman. Next. Birdman! Yeah. Birdman, which apparently has really good music in it, too. Supposedly, Birdman, a lot of drums the-
1: Birdman is also one of those movies that it's a... We'll, we'll discuss more of the plot, but there's actually a theater production going on during the course of the movie. So, it's really cool because yeah. there's like a play within the movie going on. Um, there's a lot of staggering elements. It's definitely a movie you can dive into, which I think is a great recommendation. So, thank you, Jonathan, for that one. Thanks, um, I'm really excited to
0: talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have Jonathan on the show at some point. I think he would love that. So, so he did, it's something he's passionate
1: about, but he is optometrist now.
0: So he, he ended up the first play I was in that was an original play, which is my favorite shout out to Lydia because she wrote like my favorite play that I ever was not favorite ever, but my favorite like original show I was in called uh, delusions of grandeur where I played a woman who thought she was the real Betty Davis because her name was Betty Davis and she had a head injury, but Jonathan played my husband and that was the first time I met him. And then he just became one of like our clo- one of my closest friends. And then he graduated. And I haven't seen him in forever. But uh, he's just one of the sweetest people ever. And he just loves theater. So he can totally come on. Because he has good insights too. So anyway, So we'll see you next week for Birdman. Leave your comments. Leave your suggestions. Leave what we left out. Um, if you love it, leave a like. And share it with somebody else who might like it too. And if you hate it, that's okay. It's it's all good. It's fine. Yeah. it's This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be seeing you at the same bird time
1: place on the same bird time channel. <laughs> Bye, guys. Take care. Bye, guys.
0: <laughs> Bye. Love ya. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.